0: Welcome to Brown's Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. Before we get started with today's podcast, I want to talk to you guys about Harry's razors. I think it's an important time as the the month of November starts to wind down. We're getting there. We're almost halfway through it. No Shave November's cranking. Full blast. When you come out of No Shave November, you're going to need a razor. Harry's is the product for you. They return to the essential quality durable blades at a fair price, just $2 a blade. Cut out the middleman manufacturing blades in their German blade factory that's been honing precision blades for a century. Which means you get incredibly high quality blades at factory direct prices. Blade refills get delivered directly to your door on your schedule with or without a subscription. And if you don't enjoy your shave, you get a full refund. So go to harrys.com slash blue wire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle and firm grip five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade rich lather shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go so again go to harrys.com slash blue wire to start shaving better today and we are off with brown's film breakdown podcast baker mayfield undraftable off my board the cleveland Browns select baker mayfield Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in We, uh, we are coming at you guys, um, it's rather late I'm not going to talk about what time it is, that's not important um, For sake of not embarrassing myself I guess at this point I've been battling Twitter opinions And uh, you know, wasting my time in that, in that realm as uh as the Browns won twenty-one to seven. They beat Pittsburgh for the first time since uh twenty fourteen. Five year skid they break. They're they're they've beaten Pittsburgh and Baltimore in the same season for the first time in a long time. Um, some really good things from the defense. Joe Schobert was a rock star. Uh, we'll talk about all of that. But the uh overwhelming topic of choice tonight is what happened in the last I don't know, 20 seconds of the game. I'm not sure what the time was when that that ball was snapped, but got pretty crazy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, there, there's no way around it. Um, you know, you know, Miles Garrett can't. I'm just gonna preface it by like saying Miles Garrett obviously can't swing his helmet at somebody. I think, I think the thing that's crazy is this game is a game played by gladiators with crazy things that are happening vicious heinous hits are happening all the time and we just kind of sit back and you know we sit back and take it in but uh um uh, you know even like Demarius Randall's hit up the sideline of Deontay Johnson where his ears bleeding like some of those things are crazy you know it was you're, you're you're really judging intent on on these things like like James Harrison's hits Colt McCoy among others it's like you're judging the intent and it's hard to do that in football live action because it is uh, it's moving quick, and you know you can say your helmet wasn't wasn't meant to drop and hit that person on the other you know the other person's head, whatever. But with Miles swinging the helmet, it is out in broad public. It is a it's not a one o'clock game. You know it's not a it's not a game that's hidden on the one o'clock slate or even four twenty five slate where there are other games. No, it is primetime Thursday night football, and we're sitting here. Taking it in, and it was overwhelming to witness because you just don't expect it. If you know Miles Garrett, he's such a serene guy. He's very quiet, very introspective, uh, big into poetry, as we all know, very thoughtful human, has had some anger issues that have popped up this year, the Jets game, um, you know, among some others where it's just like, you know, the punch he threw against the Titans, it's a a little weird. You're thinking to yourself, like, and I, at least I know I have paying attention to who he is as a person, where it's like these 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 flashes of anger are kind of strange. Now, um, listen, Mason Rudolph, his, his rich, and I mean rich press conference after the game where he claims he didn't do anything wrong, the whole thing starts with Miles kind of l- almost laying on Mason. Mason throws the ball. And, and, and listen, Miles played his ass off all game changed the game for the, the Steelers off line drew multiple penalties but he didn't draw a sack I think that started to wear on him he missed a sack late that, that could have been and it's like he's he's had all of these games uh, the last few games where he's been really close to getting sacks like he hit Josh Allen a couple times last week as Josh Allen was getting rid of the ball and if you watch the All-22 film you can see him like getting frustrated with it, um, that these aren't going down as sacks or whatever. And I think it started to add up. And he kind of just, if you watch it, go back and watch it when the All-22 comes out or you have a a chance to watch the broadcast view if you go to the NFL's Game Pass or however you view it, if you TiVo, record, uh, whatever the the modern method is. He kind of lays on him. He kind of just like slowly drags him down. And I think that pissed, um, you know, Rudolph off, not to the point that Rudolph should have been grabbing his helmet. So it starts with him grabbing his helmet, trying to take off Miles' helmet. And then Miles is pissed off about him trying to push him and take off his helmet, so then he goes the next course, which is taking off Rudolph's helmet. He starts to back away. Mason Rudolph gets up and chases him with somebody, you know, typical tough guy quarterback with a lineman, a big 6'6", 300-pound lineman in front of him trying to act tough, and um you know, I, I don't know. My, did Miles feel threatened? Did he feel cornered? Did he feel like ganged up on? I don't know. But he threw he threw the helmet, and you can't. You know, you just you can't you can't do that. You can't do it in in front of it. It's like the whole you know the first person to do it can can get away with it, but it's the second person who was always caught. And I think I think Rudolph should be punished um, because I think he was an instigator and I think he brought the whole thing on and I think he he played a very large role in it. But Miles is going to get the big end of the punishment because. You know, like if he swings that helmet and he hits him hard, like Mason kind of eats it and keeps going, but if he hits him hard in the right way at the right spot of the head, that could, I don't know, man, like you can laugh at me, whatever, but that could literally kill somebody if it hits there—that of uh, uh, an object of that density, that material, hitting somebody on the head at that speed at which he swung it. It could theoretically kill somebody, um, and it could at that point be seen as a weapon. The CBA is kind of specific about some of those things, uh, assault like with a weapon because of the helmet stuff that we've seen in the past. And it's pretty convenient that a lot of these former players who are doing the hot take stuff on these shows are forgetting some of the things in the past. The closest one I found to it was um, Texans defensive end Antonio Smith's suspension for throwing, uh, you know, a a quick helmet toss, swipe type of throw uh, at Richie Incognito back when Incognito was with the Dolphins. It was only a one- or two-game suspension, but nonetheless, um, you know, it's just it's just a it's it's a lot it was jarring to take in first of all and it's like then the pouncy is throwing you know marquise pouncey's throwing punches on top of him and larry Joby comes in and kind of knocks over mason rudolph as mason's throwing his arms up like he's the innocent guy um i don't know with with miles everybody kind of said it um you know you can't you can't uh Uh, you can't do it it's embarrassing and it it hurts the team he's obviously at the minimum going to be out two weeks which puts him out for Miami which even if they lose him I think they're still good enough to obviously win that game at home but then it puts them out uh, him out at the biggest game of the year which is on the road at Pittsburgh which you know that game the Browns need to win to get to six and six to have a shot at doing something in their last four games so that's you know it's it's ugly, and uh, you would wish that Miles would walk away from it. And look, he it looked like he was trying to back away from it, and Mason charged him. But at the end of the day, he threw the helmet swing. Like you know, it's it's you you can't do it, and it landed in public. and And uh, how the NFL is going to treat it is is going to be, you know, it's going to be fascinating. I, I don't I don't I think I think Mason Rudolph. Played a really big role in instigating all of it, and I think he really has to be held accountable for that. And um, and that's fine. I, I do think that Miles took it to a whole new level by swinging the helmet, and at that point, you know, bringing on a whole new level of uh, event there that'll probably won't be one that in five, ten years, you guys, uh, you know, you'll you'll say, "I remember the Miles Garrett helmet swing." That's that's one of those Twitter moments. I've I've seen few things as impactful as. A primetime football game where you have that helmet swing and everybody's talking about it. And uh, it's crazy. I think Pittsburgh should lose a couple guys. I think pouncy acting, uh, throwing punches, jumping on top of him, doesn't make, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. He should be suspended in some form. I think Steelers should be held accountable. But I do think that it is justified that Miles Garrett will catch a suspension. I think that's probably it. I don't think Demarius Randall's hit will get any more time. It could, it certainly could. But I don't think it will necessarily, maybe in the ramifications of this type of game. But these two teams, you gotta keep in mind, guys, these two teams run it back in two weeks. It's a short half you know, half week. They play Miami and then they run it back in Pittsburgh the following week. So it's like the NFL's probably not gonna want these guys just two weeks removed from this incident, all facing each other again. So I would be prepared for a Miles Garrett. Um suspension and it's all on the table it could be the rest of the year or it could be 2 weeks i i, I don't think it's any less than 2 weeks but i'm saying like it could uh he could go anywhere. It's a matter of what the NFL views it as. Who knows? They're an unpredictable organization. the The interviews after the game, I thought Freddie Kitchens handled it well. I think it's pretty weird that people think he condoned fighting in uh, in Indianapolis. He said he didn't want his players backing down, and he supported that. But he didn't condone fighting. He doesn't support stuff after the whistle. It's kind of weird. And I, I thought it was right that he got pretty cranky about that question in the press conference because I think that was being blown way out of proportion. Um, and you know, Baker's comments we pretty honest. I think pretty open and honest. I think some people debating on, you know, whether your opinion of the whole thing is maybe you want him to brush it under the rug and said, we'll handle it internally. I'm not going to talk about it. But that was a, a pretty jarring moment on the field and, you know, pretty alarming to see, and I think Baker was just saying that they're disappointed in losing him, that they're disappointed in, and kind of embarrassed. And Miles knows that he did wrong. I had no problem with what Baker said, but I also wouldn't have had a problem if Baker said, "Hey, we're going to handle this internally. I'm not going to talk about it." Um, so you know, we're just going to have to see how that how that goes from from an from an internal standpoint. How Miles reacts to all of it, and I, I put out a tweet, you know, because Odell Beckham had, you know, that they were shocked by it and embarrassed by it. Him and Jarvis both said that, and. I'm sure others will give quotes like that too and I'm sure Miles is sort of feeling like he's off on an island on his own. This is the type of situation, the type of um jarring moment that is league viewed that can really rip apart a franchise. You know, if you don't feel like if Miles doesn't feel like he's supported by the the players on his team or he feels left out isolated on an island or Baker loses the locker room because of what he said. I don't know, man. All I'm saying is this feels like the type of a uh, cultural moment in a locker room that can really rip the team apart. I, it could, in theory, bring them together. Uh, I'm not saying that's off the table, but I do think it is the type of thing that could play out over a six to twelve month span. Where we look back at this in two years, and Miles leaves, or is unhappy, or he wants traded, or whatever, when his contract's up, and you're like, maybe this is something that all sort of started. And when you get these tell-all books that come out later, it all started with this moment, um, you know, with with Pittsburgh. So I don't know it's uh it's tough it's it's i i don't don't like talking about this stuff i think it's it sucks because it overshadowed so many great things and it it overshadowed what i thought was a heck of a performance by miles uh, which is probably one of the bigger shames. so um yeah we're gonna leave it at that i i don't i don't know we're gonna have to pay close attention to quotes moving forward pay um you know, close attention to the interviews that will happen early tomorrow with Freddie and some others, and and just see what the NFL hands out. I, I would like I said I don't expect to see Miles for a, a prolonged period of time, here. and it really really sucks because they they need him. He's a big big he's the biggest part of their defense, and losing him is way bigger than losing Mason Rudolph, who can be replaced by Devlin Hodges, and nothing happens. You know, it's it's not as impactful a loss as as Miles, is. he's the biggest cog in that whole thing, and it's unfortunate. It just sucks because. You know, the Browns they won by 14 points, which, you know, the game, we'll talk about the game here for a little bit. It wasn't it wasn't pretty. It started out very well. The Browns force a three and out and then they throw a nice long 45-yard gain to uh um, you know, uh, Odell Beckham, I'm sorry, I lose my train of thought there a little bit. But yeah, they 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 chuck a deep ball there and get things rolling. They score a touchdown on a sneak one play later. It's 7-0, and you're feeling good. You know, the, the the defense seems to have a feel for what's coming. Um and uh, at that point, it's it's it was all sort of downhill at the beginning of the game, especially. So seven nothing. Pittsburgh comes back out. They kind of push a couple first downs. Then they end up third and thirteen, forced to uh, forced to punt. Um sorry, on a third and three, forced to punt. Um, Cleveland gets it back. End up going down the field. Get a couple first downs. They give it back. Um, you know, at the end of the first quarter, it's still just seven nothing. Before Cleveland goes on a seven play, seventy seven yard drive. Which, uh, which featured some nice, some nice efforts, a nice ball out of empty to Jarvis Landry for 25 yards. They had a nice schemed-up play there. They also hit Kadero Hodge, who had a nice game, 59 yards. I think he's, he's doing well on special teams, and he's going to continue to make an impact. He's going to rotate in with Rashard Higgins. He had a nice catch on that corner round. Nice job by Mayfield. Um, you know, stepping up and avoiding. Looked like they wanted to hit a quick little boot slide play there, but he steps up, pump fakes, and slides up and hits the corner out on a dime. Really good throw. And another good throw, like we said earlier, to Odell. He was off to a hot start. And then nice little play action down there to uh, to to find Landry in the left corner. He was wide open. Demetrius Harris was wide open, too. They fooled Pittsburgh bad with that one. So seven plays, 77 yards. And, uh, you know, it's off and rolling, and it looks good, and it feels good, and it's 14 nothing, And, and um, you know, they get a... I believe they get an interception on the next drive, or they get a punt and then they get an interception at some point. Yeah, the Morgan Burnett returns at 43 yards with 344 left in the first half, but unfortunately Cleveland really couldn't muster some sequence. I thought their sequencing was really weird in the first half. I couldn't totally tell what they wanted to do with the football. In terms of finding some run pass balance. Then it got a little run heavy in the second half for obvious reasons as they're trying to just sort of munch the clock away. But some frustrating parts there in the first half about how Freddie was tying together some sequence. And what I mean is by sequencing is how he ties plays together, you know, how those things kind of. Play play calling is almost an art form, how you call them together and keep defenses off balance. I didn't feel like they did a great job with that. In their run schemes, uh, I feel like they ran into too many heavy boxes, and when they had lighter boxes, meaning less defenders in the tackle box, they didn't take advantage of those. So anyway, Pittsburgh gets it back um, with with just under right about the two-minute warning. They go down the field and then uh, get it to Cleveland's 41 after a 22-yard throw to Vance McDonald and the 13-yard throw. Um, they get it down to Cleveland's 28 after a throw to Deontay Johnson. Then two two really big plays um, in the next, the next three. There was Mason Rudolph was sacked by Justin Burris, who caused a fumble um, that unfortunately Sheldon Richardson didn't just fall on, uh, tried to pick it up and score, but Pittsburgh recovered. Then on third down, uh, Chad Thomas is sort of bumped by a chip guy, uh, chip running back who was there to help the tackle. He actually ends up causing Chad to get a nice little inside course, sack him again. Pittsburgh's forced to punt, and it comes to the end of the quarter, fourteen uh, nothing. So I thought Cleveland played pretty well, you know, in the in the first half, and um, you know, well enough to be up. They could they could have obviously they missed a field goal that that hurt um, to go up seventeen nothing. I thought if you got it to three three scores, you were in pretty good shape at that point because seeing Pittsburgh score three times is just something I didn't I didn't really think was going to happen. But at the same time, I was okay, especially with them kind of running the clock out there at the end of the first half to go in up fourteen nothing had really had really played pretty well at that point um you know through the first half. they had uh, out yardage them one fifty one to one oh two, but they were taking care of the football penalties were at a minimum, and um were' just you know playing pretty smart altogether Baker had had thrown eleven of nineteen for one fifty one in a touchdown, ten for thirty for Nick Chubb, not great obviously but but at least ten good rushing attempts were in there. And uh, we're holding, you know, an interception on Rudolph's 12 for 21 at the half, 102, and they weren't running the ball, only 26 total yards, so they were controlling the line of scrimmage, both teams really defensively controlled the line of scrimmage, but a good half, so, um, you know, they come out in the second half, it's uh, Pittsburgh's ball, I'm sorry, Cleveland gets it to start, can't muster anything on a third and 11 punt, it kind of goes back and forth, third quarter's pretty uh, back and forth until Pittsburgh scores on uh, pretty prolonged. It wasn't prolonged. Those five plays, 87 yards, where Cleveland kind of walked them down the field, which was a frustrating drive to watch. I believe there was. It uh, started off with an incomplete pass that turns into, uh, uh, you know, Demarius Randall on a, you know, first and 10 throw up the left sideline. <laughs> Just lowers his helmet and, and really scary play because Deontay Johnson's bleeding out of his ear. And, you know, they had lost Juju on a on a similar. Um, hit over the middle that, that caused him to be concussed that I think they missed a helmet-to-helmet helmet on. But, uh, you know, it's tough because Pittsburgh was really out of out of weapons at that point. James Conner reaggravated that shoulder, so he wasn't playing anymore, lost their top two receivers, and it got really dicey for them. They just had James Washington left. And, you know, the only way they were going to score, in my opinion, is if they, they had a chance to go down the field with help from the officials, which they got in the legal use of hands. Was the first penalty. Then on a the third and sixth, there was another illegal contact, which I thought that was a terrible call on Justin Burris on that throw to Vance McDonald. It was pretty soft. Then the next throw, they, they they pushed it up the side. The Browns were playing a ton of man, playing a ton of man, two man, um, and just kind of forcing forcing Rudolph to fit the ball into tight windows and tight throws against man coverage. And that put Greedy on an island a lot of the night. Greedy got a pass interference here down the left sideline. He was not very good at the turn and run portion of that because Pittsburgh kept trying to go outside vertical up the sideline. Didn't do a very good job with that. So Pittsburgh scores five plays, 87 yards, because the next play I think they they punch it in, or two plays later they punch it in from the uh, three-yard line on a, on a sc- sort of scurried play at the end where – um, Rudolph found Samuels and flipped it to him, and it's a touchdown pass. And it's 14-7 with 545 left, and it's like, you know, it's a little nerve-wracking because the Browns aren't moving the football at that point, and, uh, you know, it's frustrating for everybody watching because you feel like the Browns have kicked away a couple opportunities to to take leads and uh, push their lead to three scores or get it back, uh, you know, where it was out of out of distance because it felt like Cleveland was dominating that game. So you start to get a little nervous there. Before we keep going, though, I'm gonna to talk to you guys about Indochino, Um, You know who I used for a recent wedding. I believe in their custom, you know, fit uh, menswear. It's it's very easily, uh, very easily done. Very easy to fit. Very easy to get your measurements to them, and they get this stuff to you quickly and um, I'm a big believer in what they have going over there they're the world's largest made to measure menswear brand make suit shirts and coats and much more and it's made to your exact measurements like I said very easy to get those measurements sent over you get to personalize all the details too including the lapel lining and your own monogram their process is simple choose your fabric pick your customization submit your measurements your package will be delivered straight to your door in just two weeks you can get measured and design your suit at your nearest Indochino showroom or do it all yourself online at Indochino.com that's what I did super easy stuff right now you get $30 off your total purchase of 3.99 or more at Indochino.com when you enter Blue Wire, bluewire b l u e w i r e at checkout. Plus shipping is free, which is awesome. So that's endochino.com promo code bluewire, thirty dollars off your total purchase of 3.99 or more. Incredible deal for made-to-measure men's clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. Endochino.com. So jump back into the fourth quarter now. Um, it is it, you know back and forth, back and forth puntings <laughs> it's just a puntathon Cleveland actually intercepts uh Rudolph once and they get it down they have a chance to kick a field goal another missed field goal um, that could have put the game you know really out of length it got to 177 I just thought Cleveland could have really iced it at that point they did get it back at about the nine minute mark and uh, uh off of a off of a Joe Schobert interception I believe is what they they ended up getting that one on. I think that's his. That was his second interception at that point. They returned it down to the, I think the Pittsburgh nine, uh, maybe the Pittsburgh four anyway. Throw a quick fade to Odell doesn't pan out. Uh, I think that if you're going to throw those fades to Odell, you either need to, if it's going to the boundary, put it on a line on his back shoulder and let him flip his hips, or uh, you know put him to the wide side so you can get air under it. And you're running him out of bounds if you throw too much air under it on those. those so the DBs press sort of puts him out of bounds, and that's that's something that I'm annoyed they haven't figured out yet because it's a great weapon on the goal line. Nick Chubb runs for negative four, so all of a sudden it's third and eight from the eight-yard line, and then a really weird miracle happens. <laughs> I don't know. It was a it was a broken play where Mayfield's trying to sit in the pocket, eventually does step up, and I'm not sure I have to watch the replay again, but it was a hell of a catch by Steven Carlson for an eight-yard touchdown. And Mayfield kind of threw it into the, the blind window that – that uh, Mark Barron was covering him with. I I don't know. i got to watch it again. It kind of happened quickly. I'm not sure if there was a crosser running underneath there that Mayfield didn't hit. Um, But, again, Mayfield kind of proves that he doesn't care who he's throwing it to. Whoever he thinks is open he's going to throw it to. Um, You know, and then there's some punting that goes on back and forth in this game. You know, Pittsburgh, I think the furthest they got the ball was to the Cleveland 42 before they ended up taking a sack. And I think Justin Burris got a nice little interception there at some point on a ball over the middle. Uh, that sailed uh, between levels, and you know Cleveland kind of runs it out, and then at the yeah at the 14 second mark, the the whole thing goes downhill. So uh, I don't know. I don't know where this goes. I, I should feel, um, and you should feel good about this win. It's 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 rare you get wins like this over Pittsburgh, and um, you know it's certainly rare that you see. Um, you know, these sorts of wins at home where the fans can feel good. It just it just really sucks. Joe Schobert played an unbelievable football game. It should be um, applauded because I thought he was the best player on the field. You know, Miles is obviously fantastic and played his butt off, but Joe, Joe made so many impactful plays and two interceptions and, and uh, was covering extremely well and tackling well in the run game. I'm sure his pro football focus grade is going to be off the charts, justifiably so, because he played his butt off, and I wish we were talking more about that. Because that was what was most important, and uh, Baker played okay, did enough to win. They didn't run the ball well. We'll talk about that over the weekend if we get some time. Um, you know, like I said, they didn't run it well, well enough, um, and uh, that kind of sucks because I think they have to run it well. But Pittsburgh's defense is very good. Like that is one of the NFL's best defenses right now. Their front is very tough to uh, create running lanes on, and they get after the quarterback and they keep the pressure on you, and it just. Uh, Um, It was nice to get that win. It was nice for this team to get that win. Everything that will be discussed, though, in the next five days until they play Miami or whatever it turns in, 10 days now uh, will be about Miles and it will be about that helmet throw, and that's unfortunate. Uh, The thing we can do is uh, we don't control it, so just sit back and wait it out and see what happens, and hopefully the team – your hope, your biggest hope is you know the suspension is coming, so it's not like a Chase Young situation where – it can be minimal and it's in games that don't matter. It is it is going to hurt the Browns. It is going to hurt them in their upcoming games. Um there is no easy win in the NFL. Miami's playing better football recently, which sucks um uh, because you would like to to see them at their worst coming into Cleveland. It does it does bode well that it's at home, but um, you know, you just you just have to hope that the NFL doesn't hammer them too hard, and you really have to hope that this does not drive some sort of divisive Element into the locker room. I'm not saying I know that's going to happen. I'm not saying that I'm predicting it's going to happen. I'm just saying these are the type of big incidents where a differ, a differ, you know, a differing opinion um, by players can drive a wedge in a locker room uh, about things that were said after the game, about things said to Miles about not having his back or or, or not you know being forthright about his issue and not and not doing enough to uh, to hold him accountable. So. Um, we will see where it goes. Like I said, my hope is is that uh, um, they, they handle it the right way and handle it well and it, and it can be a rallying cry for them and they, and they work to get to six and six because that's the number I've been talking about. So uh, that's just kind of the, the spot that we hope it eventually gets to. Before we part, I do want to talk to you guys about Roman dot com erectile dysfunction. Never easy. Usually brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like I lost my mojo or I'm too old. I'm too tired for this stuff. Well, uh, you know, Romans out to set that straight and get you easy and discreet Help with any of these situations. You can get a free online evaluation, ongoing care for ED, all the comfort you can get from the privacy of your home. The doctor will work out uh, a way to get you the best treatment plan if your medication is appropriate. If you need it at all, Roman will ship it with you, uh, you know, right to your door, and free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. You get started is simple. Just go to getroman.com/bluewire. That's getroman.com/bluewire and complete an online visit. ED used to be tough to tackle, but now it's not that difficult with roman.com please complete an online visit to connect with a doctor and take care of it one more time guys get to roman.com slash blue wire get a free online visit free two-day shipping that's get roman.com slash blue wire get roman.com slash Blue wire. So listen, I don't know. We're just going to see where it goes. We're going to let it all shake out, decompress. It's a win. Move on. Try to see uh, what the NFL is going to do. I don't know the, the process, the timetable by which this is going to happen. Check out with uh, uh, us at the OBR and, and the Ask the Insider section. Lane will probably have a good idea what's going on in the timeline and what he's hearing and all of that stuff. We'll try to keep it posted as best we can. We're going to try to write about Schobert for tomorrow. Otherwise, guys, we appreciate you. Any win over the Steelers is a good win sucks it's a little tainted by the end but they beat the steelers and that's great because that doesn't happen enough and we don't get to witness it enough so enjoy that a little bit if you can otherwise have a great friday have a great weekend and um, as usual guys go Browns.